Hi, my name is Agile, and I support Gen X Grown Up through Patreon, and I believe you should too. Just go to patreon.com slash genxgrownup. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel, website, and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up podcast listener, to this episode 48 of the Gen X Grown Up podcast. Ooh, I'm John. Joining us, as always, is Mo. How you doing, everybody? And George. Hey, how's it going, guys? In this episode, we're going to talk about the most recent incarnation of a Gen X movie monster, look at some storage tech for your media collection, and unpack the layers of meaning in a hyper-artistic video game. But before we get started with that, it's time <laughs> to dig into the fourth listener mailbag. Guys, you remember the one-hit Wonders podcast that we did not too long ago in the of 80s, course. right? Yeah, how can we forget uh, wait, that? Wait, 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 wait. Oh, wait Which one was that? But- I'm trying to remember. <laughs> it was one more Dewey Decimal. That's why I don't remember it, because I don't remember right. anything. You purged all Decimal. memory after Dewey Decimal. <laughs> <laughs> We dug into the one-hit wonders of the 80s. Let me tell you, you thought we struck a nerve with pizza arcades. When we talked about one-hit wonders of the 80s and picked our top tens, boy, did the inbox start to fill up. Oh, really? <laughs> so much so that I'm spreading them out across these next two episodes. This and the backtrack are going to be talking about one-hit wonders emails. <laughs> so let's not even do a podcast. Let's just read all emails. And let's be just done read with all the emails. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way to do a podcast. You don't have to prepare anything. You just get emails and they do all the writing for us. That's awesome. That's genius. I've been wasting my time. <laughs> <laughs> Our first fourth listener email is from Slow Mo. Subject line was fantastic podcast, but, but I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> you knew that was coming. Yep. Yeah, yep. of course. Slow Mo says, always love the backtrack episodes. And this one is my favorite so far. Really? Oh, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Great editing. I'll assume by John. You assume correctly. Thank That's you very much. Bullshit. Why do you have to assume? Assume by you. I do a pretty decent job of editing. I'm the hardest working man in show business. That's why. (laughs) Okay, James Brown. That wasn't on the one hit wonder list. He says, great editing with the song clips brought back a ton of memories. Okay, here comes the butt. (laughs) And we knew this was coming. Of all those great one-hit wonders, no one chose Come On Eileen by Dexie's Midnight Runners? Really? (laughs) Okay. So in my defense, when I made my list, I thought one of you were going to choose it. That's why I didn't put it on my list, because I figured oh, oh, it was such an obvious I one see. that I wouldn't have to put it on mine. Then I'll save the same thing. That's what was my fault. <laughs> yeah, that was my, <laughs> that was my I, I have too, the same excuse. <laughs> no, but your excuse doesn't count because I said it first, so I get the dibs. <laughs> he also said, I personally would have also added Devo's Whip It, but that's the beauty uh, of compiling opinionated lists like these. I don't think I thought Devo, had Devo other hits, they don't though. count as a one-hit wonder, though. They had plenty of other top tens, didn't they? That's a really good point, too. We had some other emails that wrote in that suggested the acts that I'm like, you know, I don't know how one hit wonder that. I'd have to check the charts to see where Devo is. Definitely a classic uh, 80s song that I, I mean, can that might again be again. on a, my favorite songs of a certain year or a certain decade. Sure. Sure. Yeah, one yeah hit maybe wonders, not a one-hit wonder. Yeah. I think Devo's a little bigger than that. That's a good point. I think they are. Yeah. So Slow-Mo says, keep up the great work. Slow-Mo, P.S. I now have a newfound urge to attend a party thrown by architects just to experience it. <laughs> hey, and, and I got, you know, I was keeping my mouth shut during that, but I have to tell you something. We threw some kick-ass parties, so. <laughs> yeah. Right. Your, your, your playlist was suspect, but the parties, I'm sure, say, were delightful. No, yeah, like okay. two songs of an entire night. It's not like they were on a loop or anything, okay? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> George, do you you sent some backpedaling for Mo here on oh, the uh, Architects yeah, Party his, track list his selection. His bicycle's in full reverse. Yeah, no I, mean, I, I never I think once maybe. said they were bad. I just said that these are songs that were always played. <laughs> so okay. That is all I said. So I stand by my statement. Let's move on to the next fourth listener email. This one is from Shane. Shane says, hey, guys, as a Gen X child of the 80s, I loved your episode on top 10 one hit wonders. Awesome. I instantly created a playlist from your combined top 10s to be used on game nights in our home arcade. Oh, nice. wait, like, so he has like a home video arcade. That's awesome. Where's Shane's house? He really does. Go. He's got a playlist that we're going to love. He sent me a link to a video of his home arcade. I'll throw it to Mo and he can throw it down in the oh, link yeah. and take a look. He's awesome. got a nice home arcade. I'm does envious. he really? Yep. How many yeah, games does he have? Uh, I don't uh, 20 or so, maybe. Wow. Yeah, it looked pretty I'm darn good. I'm going to Shane's house. Where's Shane's house at? Do we have an address? Shane's house is beep. 
I can see what John's going to be doing soon. He wraps up and says, we will be thanking you guys as we rock out to some fresh tunes. Forever fourth listener, Shane. It's catching on. It's becoming a thing. (laughs) I love the forever fourth listener. It's going to become a thing. You know, it's going to be a hashtag. Wow. Well, it's going to be one of those trend, but it could be one. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing we do is trendy, guys. Come on. That's the nature of being old guys. You can't help yeah, it. Exactly. <laughs> Everything we do is automatically not I would cool. argue that Dewey Decimal is trendy. <laughs> That's, I think it's pretty trendy. It's dope. <laughs> it's dope. <laughs> <laughs> it's lit. Oh, oh God. Goodness. Shut up. Uh, Mo, it's, it's lit AF. Get it right. If you're going to say lit, <laughs> oh, then yeah. I have to do the one my kids are doing now. Is? Facts. Facts? <laughs> That's like anytime you say that something that they agree with, facts. instead of saying, oh, that's a fact or something like that, they just go, oh. facts. Really? Wow. I'll have to try that one. No. <laughs> I'll work that into casual conversation. <laughs> God. <laughs> Thank you, Shane and Slow Mo, both for writing in. We have way more email. We're going to catch up on the One Hit Wonders in the next episode. If you want your email read here on the show, hit us up, podcast at genxgrownup.com, and we will absolutely include it. It's time then to get into the show right after this. Next time you have a really big case of the raven hungries, <laughs> get yourself really, really big to take care of it. Get yourself a big meal at McDonald's. The big meal is three McDonald's favorites, a Big Mac made with two 100% pure beef patties, plus a large order of crisp golden brown french fries and a refreshing large soft drink. In fact, everything about the big meal is big, with the exception of the price. It's time to kick it off, as is our way here with media. We're talking about movies, TV, music, whatever it may be. I'm going to start with something that I was looking forward to in the last episode. George, you hadn't heard about it at the time. Right. Brightburn, this new film that's Ooh. kind of the dark Damien Omen Superman origin story. Mm-hmm. So, and Mo, I know you got to see it. George, did you get a yeah, chance yeah. to check this out? I did. I am a new did proud you? member of the AMC A-list. So. Welcome, brother. Welcome into the fold. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm joined a cult at this point but it was pretty much everything i thought it was going to be and then some and a little less also on both sides it kind of delivered on what it said it was was it a dark superman origin story yep was it damien omen kind of evil kid Yep. And I actually had more fun at it than I thought I would because they didn't necessarily hit every beat of Superman. They kind of took the broad strokes and they jumped over the stuff you already knew about the Superman origin story. And they explored the kid just growing up and being evil. Uh, What I didn't expect was that they were going to try to turn this into this cinematic universe, which I guess shouldn't surprise anybody at this point. Yeah, these days, everything People try to turn a movie into a cinematic universe. I was happy with the fact that they took a bold stand and didn't have a happy end ending. I've talked about hating ambiguous mm-hmm. endings. This one just said, you know what? Burn in the world. Here's the ending. Enjoy it. Yeah. I hope that there is more bright burn coming. I don't know if it made enough money to justify it continuing. With that, then, George, what did you think of it from your comic book angle? So not knowing a lot about the film early on, just finding out during our podcast when you were talking about it the last time in a looking forward to mm-hmm. segment. Sure. So I didn't have any preconceived notions of what it would be other than you know, crazy kid, Superman, dark guy. And I think it's the great way to go into any movie, frankly. Yeah, I liked it. There was some parts of it that I had issues with on a small scale, but the overall idea and story I thought was conveyed really well. I thought the acting was top notch in most places. I think the writing was a little off. I think they could have done a little bit better job of that. The editing was a little slow in some parts, but I think they definitely set the stage for a new universe, like you were saying, that mm-hmm. could be yeah. very profitable, not just financially, but artistically going forward. The only parts that I say that I, I didn't like the mother, and I don't mean that like in personally? that like, I like, hated her. <laughs> I mean, like her character didn't make me give a shit. I just oh, didn't okay. care about her. And that was the weaker part of the film for me. And I like the actress who was playing the mother and the father. Okay. They're both really yeah. good, but... I, I think the writing failed those two characters a little bit. The kid, top notch. L- really care about the kid in two different ways, right? You love him and you hate him. Yeah. They can't marry the two, but I could really see this fitting into M. Night Shyamalan's Glass universe. Yeah, the kind of like the weird dystopian superhero, superpowery mm-hmm. X-Men thing. Yeah. Well, right? and because it's the superhero done in a realistic fashion, right? Yeah. Like the kid, he when he makes his uniform, it's not Spider-Man. He gets this perfectly done uniform. Like even. Yeah. 
in the first Tobey <laughs> Maguire Spider-Man, right? He, yeah. You know, he makes it out of shoestrings and he draws it horribly in a sketchbook. You know, mm-hmm. there's nothing like extraordinary about those types of activities that he goes through. It's what a kid would do if he was making himself a costume. And killing people wherever he can. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's worth going to see, even if you're not on a list, it's worth paying to go see this film. Yeah. What did you yeah. think, Mo? Since I knew George would take a while, I went ahead and looked up the, how it did in the box office. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it had a production budget of like $6 million, which actually is a lot cheaper than I thought. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. cheap. Yeah. Especially with all those effects. Yeah, it's made twelve million. So I feel okay, like all right. movies. All right. So Old. what did I think of it? I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good movie. I thought there was just some missed opportunities in there. Sure. Like some things like I think they didn't go far enough, maybe. Um, I agree with George Tolley on the mom character. I mean, I guess she was supposed to be what they called now snowplow parents. The parents that knock all obstacles out of the way of their kids. Right. Yeah. Excuse oh, them I for see. everything. Yeah. 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 But actually I think she kind of didn't go that far and then went to her quick switch to oh, I child could do no wrong to I have to kill him was right. a too fast. Exactly, <laughs> wasn't it? That's what I'm saying. I think the writing failed that character. One thing I do hope, if they do make other movies with this, they continue with the problem of, here's somebody who's basically unstoppable. That's the problem. Yeah. He has one vulnerability. Yeah, I hope they also don't like throw like another super person like him to fight him. Yeah. Then it's just like, okay, who cares? Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah he has one minor kryptonite type of vulnerability that is, is, is a finite resource. Character. Yeah, right. it is. And nobody really knows about that at this point because everybody who knew about it is no longer with us. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the problem. And I really like the fact that they didn't tone him down at all as far as what he could do and how he killed people with him, with the powers. Well, he just he was having a blast. He, he was like yeah. a what if. Like, he always wondered, well, what if Superman did this with his laser vision? Well, there you go. Now you know. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you got to see what he would do if he really didn't care. I still right. think one of my favorite scenes in the film is where the father tries to off the kid in the yeah. woods. Yeah, it doesn't pan out well for him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just that, well, not just that, but just like just that one moment when he tries it and yeah. the look on that kid's face, that little kid, the actor, that was just brilliant. Just yeah. like, are you like, fucking kidding me, dad? Really? Yeah, exactly. It was like, you know, I'm going to kill you now. <laughs> the look in his eye was, oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I think we all agree Brightburn is worth seeing. If you didn't catch it in the theater, you should. But if you don't, yeah, it's worth watching if on video or streaming or whenever it comes swinging back around. George, let's move along to something that you checked out. What have you been watching? So I've been watching something that my sons suggested to me. They are anime snobs. They watch all kinds of anime on Crunchyroll all the time. They won't watch the English version. They have to watch the Japanese version. Hold on. What's a Crunchyroll? Crunchyroll is a website that serves up nothing but anime for a monthly It's a subscription service thing. Yeah, it's like Netflix, but only for anime. Oh, okay. There's a lot of anime. I thought it was Holy Crap. You left out too long or something. No, I was right. unclear. Okay. <laughs> it's like a crunchy right. sushi roll. No. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the rising of the shield hero, right? Yeah. It's a very familiar story to us here kid finds a magical book in a library that transports him to another world where when he gets there, he's expected to be a savior for that world. Okay? Oh, the, the chosen one, the selected, exactly. the prophecy has come true. Got it. King Arthur <laughs> taking the sword yep. out of the stone kind of thing. All right. But in this case, there are actually four people that are transported to this world. They are all different heroes and each one of them has a different weapon. There's a spear hero, there's a sword hero, there's a bow hero, and then there's the shield hero. And he he is looked down upon and mocked because his is the only thing that's not an offensive weapon. It's a defensive weapon. Oh, he's apparently never seen Captain America. Well, (laughs) (laughs) right. (laughs) He can't throw this shield. Each one of them, like they all have their weapons, but his shield is permanently attached to his arm. Like he can't take it off. Oh, ouch. So I guess you can't throw it. (laughs) And each one of these weapons as traditional anime from Japan is they all have their special powers that they, you know, like the sword can throw sword flames of death and the spear can throw spear tornadoes and, you know, all this craziness. Well, you got to throw a dragon and tiger in there too somewhere. Yeah. The shield can like (laughs) absorb things around it. Like a unicorn dies near him. He can take a piece (laughs) of the unicorn and drop it into the shield. And now he gets this unicorn shield. Now, is that just an example you 
you made up, or is that a thing that actually happened? That's an example I made up. There, there okay. are some weird ones. <laughs> like, like, what are there unicorns dropping around at this show? Well, there is like there's a two headed dog shield that he gets when he what? destroys a two headed dog okay. monster. So I mean, but I've really enjoyed the series because there's a lot of adult subject matter in this anime, and I don't mean adult like in nakedness or sexuality or anything, but just adult oriented thought processes. Like when he comes there nobody wants to join his raiding party like each one of the heroes they have to level up because they all have video game style levels in this world and they have to get more and more powers by leveling Mm -hmm. up you know just like you would in traditional dungeons and dragons game and nobody will join his party because he's the shield hero he's kind of lame well this one girl leaves one party and comes over to him he doesn't know anything about her she takes him out and she's being all you know like wooing him and how wonderful he is and she's being all sweet and then the next day he wakes up and all his stuff is stolen and he's like all he's got is a shield on his arm and so the clothes that he slept in he just got catfished yeah big time he goes back to the castle and not only did she catfish him she has now accused him of rape to her father the king Ah, so her father the king now hates him and won't give him any gold to go out you know on his adventures and they all hate him but they can't kill him because they have to have all four heroes in order to defeat these evil waves that are coming over the planet oh that is kind of dark it's it is and so the whole first 22 episodes that i've watched so far of this thing it's all about him getting back to the point where everybody recognizes he didn't really do anything wrong at the same time fighting monsters and gathering people to his cause, that kind of thing. Is there any other way to find this other than Crunchyroll in the United States? Do you know? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I just logged into my kid's account and watched it on that, but I would imagine there probably is. I know there's still video rental stuff that you can get animation through and stuff, but Crunchyroll seems to be the de facto go-to place for anime right now. Huh. All right. Well, cool. Well, I'm sure Mo will throw some links down below and how to, yeah, uh, yeah, if there's anywhere absolutely. to find it, he'll find it. He knows how. I will find it. <laughs> I've got really good at internet. Searches. All right, Mo, you've been chomping to the bit. You're eager to talk about this latest oh film that you have, you've had a just a rager about for the last three months. <laughs> yeah. So Godzilla, King of Monsters. Dun, dun, dun. It was better than I expected in some ways and not as good in some ways. Okay. okay. All right. It, it was a balance. Right. Late on us. I'm trying to make this kind of spoiler freak because the movie just came out. Brand spanking, yep. The monsters, awesome. They made them bigger, scarier, more impressive than the, they ever were. That's what you want out of movie monsters. Yeah, please. Give me more. Bigger. Exactly. Where it kind of slowed down is just like the acting and the writing, like the story they tried to build around it. Okay. It was too convoluted. I think it was too many people involved. Like the thing with the monster movies is usually like three main characters, maybe. And then okay. the monsters, right. right? And then soldiers. And then soldiers. <laughs> right. Yeah, random right. soldiers yeah. that you know are going to die and all this stuff, right? Fodder for the army yeah, field. the red yeah. shirts. <laughs> right. But in this one, though, they had like all these amazing actors, but there was just too many of them and too much to kind of track to keep your attention. And they were trying too hard to build the story around something that's honestly pretty implausible. <laughs> Where instead of just sort of just kind of, you know, leaning into it a little bit more, just kind of saying, yeah, okay, there's no way something this big ever exists, but who cares? Well, they're building a larger monster-verse cinematic thing again, so they can't just do, and more monsters, and they have to weave something between it to make you care about what's coming next, right? They were certainly smacking you in the face with that. How many Skull Island references were in this damn film? Jesus, it was like every third line. Yeah, We've it got was. this they, Skull yeah, they're Island definitely, facility. They're definitely pushing the whole King Kong Godzilla movie that's coming out next Ooh. year. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, see, yeah. I haven't seen Godzilla yet, but I, I'm eager for King Kong versus Godzilla. Of all the new, the three new MonsterVerse ones we've had now, my favorite is still King Kong Skull Island. That of was course, it's got movie. King Kong in it. Naturally, it's your favorite. <laughs> and plus, it's a great movie. Be. It's like, you know, again, they kind of kept the characters smaller. There's only so many people. It was just a really good movie. Then probably this one. And then my least favorite is probably the, the Godzilla they did. The 2014 version, you mean? Yeah. I did like how they wove that one into this verse, though, at the beginning of the film. Yep. They try, they're try. they definitely trying to build like a whole world here, and you know, like the original Japanese ones did. Even with all the stuff that was kind of weak about it, it was still like the fights were way more satisfying than they were in Godzilla. The fights were awesome. Okay. Yeah. Because the thing about Godzilla that I hated was like, just when the fight got good, they would switch to people like running away. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't care <laughs> about like- the people running away. <laughs> <laughs> I know what a dude running looks like. I want to see monsters fight. I've I've seen that before. (laughs) Thumbs up for Mo. George, thumbs up from you. Uh, Thumbs up for the last third of the film. The first two thirds, I'm kind of with Mo. That whole, all these different characters. And some of them I got confused on because I was like, wait, 
I thought that was this person over here. No, they just look a lot alike. They sometimes they give you like 10 minutes worth of a person and sometimes 10 seconds, but you're supposed to be able to pay ample attention to both. I honestly, I think at least twice during the first hour of the film, I fell asleep. Really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. It was not good. I mean, the actors are awesome, but the writing, Moe's right. It was slow and plodding and convoluted. I did not like the writing for the humans at all. The action sequences with the monsters, hmm. the best I've ever seen on film. I haven't seen anything better in a monster kaiju fight ever. Like, I don't care if you're talking about Pacific Rim. Really? That's pretty high bar. That's some fun stuff. There were okay. some scenes in this one with some of the standards. I, and this is not spoiling it because you know we know mothra is in this film the yep. mothra character in this film holy crap oh, was man. that gorgeous impressive oh my god it's worth your ticket just to go watch mothra so mo before we leave godzilla estimated how many times you think you're going to see it in the theater just ballpark oh, three three <laughs> okay <laughs> three is yeah, fair for sure so it's not like wreck it ralph caliber you see it a dozen times like me no, no three no. three okay that's good when it goes to video i'll probably get it and just fast forward to a lot of the scenes and just yeah. to watch the good parts skip yeah. over the people that's what i was saying like i'm might, if I have an open A-list slot, I might go see it and just walk in an hour and a half late. Just go in, <laughs> go in late? <laughs> sure. We just need Moe's edit, where he cuts out all the people and just shows all the monster fights. And we'll, we'll, we'll release that. You, that. That'll be a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask you guys, have you listened to Riffs on Riffs yet? Oh, yeah. yeah it's on my yeah, subscription sure. list now. <laughs> yeah, mine too. <laughs> the thing that caught me when I first checked them out was they had one that talked about Underdog. And I'm like, that's right up my alley. <laughs> right? <laughs> These guys take modern musical tracks that have sampled something from the past. Which apparently is every piece of music out there right now. Uh, yeah, apparently there's no more original music out there. <laughs> <laughs> they step it down, too. It's like layers upon layers. Like one that I listened to, it was talking about a modern hip-hop track that sampled this track which is this band that all of their popular songs had sampled these tracks and i'm like jesus christ how far down does this go they've got some exhaustive research joe is like a lifelong musician and toby's a hip-hop producer and an mc and it shows they are top of their game and oh just a pleasure to listen to yeah it's very almost news oriented feel factual kind of stuff but it's fun the guys are having a good time with it you can tell they really love the topic yeah they are way more mellow than we are <laughs> there's somewhere between Gen X grown up and NPR doing these slow jams. Right. <laughs> I also really dig how they not only talk about the new track, but they dig into the history of the old retro mm -hmm. track that was sampled. So you learn not only about modern music, but you dig in more about the creators of this classic music. Is it cool how deep that rabbit hole goes sometimes? Right. <laughs> it really does. Well, where can everybody find it? That's a great question. If the fourth listener wants to check out Riffs on Riffs, they should head straight over to evergreenpodcast.com and check them out. This time, I'm actually not feeling so bad because I'm not the only one without a tech toy. <laughs> now, you should feel bad, though, because that's your fault. I wouldn't have spent all my money if you had been pulling your weight the last seven fucking oh. episodes. <laughs> Somehow, it's always Moe's fault. That's no matter right. what. You know what? I'm used to it. That's fine. <laughs> Woe is freaking me. <laughs> you guys go fight in the corner, and I'll take it from here. Because okay. you can always count on John to have some cool new tech toys, yeah, okay? what's on the early adopter menu today? <laughs> Well, let's see, coming up for an appetizer, we have, <laughs> we have talked about in the past that we're all cord cutters. And mm -hmm. one of the main problems being a cord cutter is you have got to put all that cord cut media somewhere. Storage mm. becomes a premium. It's not small files either. No, no, no. no. Yeah. Episodes or 500 megs or a gig or whatever yeah. it is. Plus, when we first started cutting the cord, one of the things I wanted to make sure is I never subjected my family to, oh, a hard drive died. So, you know, we lost everything. And so I initially built up NASA's, you know, network attached yep. storage, you store everything. But even that, I've started to stretch the capacity of it. You know, I have terabytes of storage and I often want to be able to archive that stuff. And I used to put it off on a hard drive. Well, I had a catastrophic failure and just a standard hard drive died and I lost.
lost everything I had, mm. moved out of my NAS, and I'm like, okay, I don't want that to happen to me ever again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what did you so, do? <laughs> yeah, so so I was exploring, you know, well, I would maybe I could buy some more new hard drives and expand my NAS. And I'm like, no, that's kind of easy. You gotta expand all your drives. In order I for that know to work. every drive because I have RAID 10, and so I gotta buy four new drives at the same size that are enormous and throw away the old ones. Yeah, what do you do with the old drives then, right? Yeah. Uh, or I could add a new NAS, which is another, you know, I'm probably talking 1500 bucks to build a basic one. But my, my mind was closed into this idea of building a new NAS. Uh, when I went searching on Amazon for NASs that supported RAID, which they all do, it started showing me things of, hey, people that search for this, you know, the great thing Amazon does, people that search right. for this <laughs> also looked at. It introduced me to something I hadn't thought of before, which is just attached raid enclosures. And that's what I ended up finding. The hell is an attached raid enclosure? I'm here. I'm there for you. <laughs> so, okay. Patience, patience. This is a box by Media Sonic called the Pro Raid 4. So if you just bought a hard drive, so I just went and bought a hard drive off the shelf and that's you wanted to use it externally, you, you could buy a little box with a USB cable and have it in, in an enclosure, right? Well, like I have like, you know, just already bought external drives, like four terabyte drives. That's what I've Of course, and I do too. But those aren't RAID, they're just standalone drives. Yes, true. You could also just buy an enclosure that you could buy an off-the-shelf drive and put in it. You could do that as well, which is really all those pre-bought drives are. They're a standard drive in an enclosure. Right. This Mediasonic Pro RAID is like a NAS, but doesn't have the NAS capacities, but does handle all the RAID functions. It's a little box. It's about the size of a tissue box. And it has four drive bays. What size drives does it take? Are they two and a half inch? It's standard, the three and a half inch drives. Okay. I think you can put two and a half inch in it if you got the adapters, but I didn't because you can get bigger drives for cheaper with three and a half inch. And it has the RAID interface built right into the box. So I take this box, I slide the drives into it. I click a few buttons on the front menu and I plug this into a computer and I have a brand new RAID array that I don't have to buy a new NAS for. What's the difference between it and a NAS? Tell me that and maybe that'll help me. Yep. A network attached storage device has its own CPU, which means I can set up shares and I can set up permissions and I can run apps on it. FTP sites off it. Yes. This just looks like a big hard drive. So when I plug it into a computer, it says, oh, drive E. But it is running a RAID on drives that I plug into this box. So it's connected directly to a computer then? It's not through your network? That's right. Yes. Okay. Got it. That's another thing that a NAS has. It's network connected, so everybody on the network can see it. Uh-huh. This is just a big hard drive. Okay. So why do you like this better than a NAS? Cost? Yes, exactly. I don't like it better. I wish I had another NAS because it's more flexible. But for cost, oh my God. So this enclosure, I want to say it ran, oh, uh, maybe 75 or 80 bucks oh, for the really? box. Okay. Compared to a grand to buy a network attached yeah, storage really. box. Right. <laughs> and then you're just throwing drives in it. So what I was able to do was buy two six terabyte drives that now are under like 150 bucks. So for like $400, I built a six terabyte RAID drive. And now I have a world of storage available to me to bring offline stuff that I don't want to watch all the time and move it onto this drive. Huh. That sounds fairly affordable for the home consumer, which I am. (laughs) Which you are. (laughs) And here's the added bonus. If you're a Plex user, because it's a drive that attaches to a computer and only that computer can see it, Mm -hmm. guess which computer I plug this drive into your Plex server, my Plex server, right? All the Seinfeld that I don't watch all the time, and all the old Star Trek the animated series that I don't watch every day. I move that here, but it's not offline, it's still available to watch. It just isn't taking up space on my big, dedicated network attached network storage devices, huh? So, how's it attached to the computers? Is it the USB? Is it? It is, it's a standard USB 3.0 plug, it plugs right in. It doesn't have the speed of a NAS, but it absolutely has the stability and redundancy of a NAS, and it's fast enough. So, you talk about speed, do they have SSD options available in these enclosures or is it only the three and a half with or the two and a half with the adapters? Listen, this box is just has standard SATA plugs on the back. So you could plug pretty much anything into it that you could fit into a three and a half inch bay. So if you have an adapter, you could slide an SSD in. Oh, they have adapters for SSDs. Oh, okay. So I recommend that if you are getting into, you know, the world of downloading your own media and cutting the cord and you're, you know, ripping movies down, it's probably a good first step if you don't yet have a NAS and you aren't ready to take that plunge and you're using Plex especially because you can hang this right off the back of your Plex server and you got tons of storage. Most importantly, you won't do what happened to me, 
which is the drive goes bad and you lose hundreds and hundreds of hours of media that you had offline. Wow. It has two drive bays or just one? Four drive bays. Oh, it says four. Holy crap. But you're only using two right now. So if you wanted to expand it later, you would need to throw how many drives into it to expand? I'd put two more in it if I wanted to expand it beyond this. And that's because with RAID, it needs two drives instead of one so that it can do the mirroring. You got it. Exactly right. Well, it depends on what RAID you have set up to. True. Yeah, yeah. Does it have different RAID options or is it just one type of RAID? You know, it's stunning to me that it had just about every RAID option you wanted. Wow. You could do it. You could put four drives in and do a RAID 10. You could put in two and do a RAID one. You could do RAID zero. So you could do striping or mirroring and mirroring striping, you know, or all the, I don't know, like RAID five. There's crazy ones I've never used. It has all the logic built into the little box. All you do is throw the drives in. There's some menus on the front. You click a few buttons. It builds the RAID. And beyond that, you don't worry about it again. You plug it in and it looks like a hard drive. I think I'm going to go buy one of these things because it's an easily hideable expense from the wife. (laughs) (laughs) Well, don't forget, you got to get the hard drives too. So, But what I mean by easily hideable, so if I was to buy a NAS. Yeah, $1,000 just for the box. Yeah. Right. So you can't hide $1,000 from a wife. That's That's not going to happen. A significant other is (laughs) going to spot $1,000. But I can hide 75. That's right. Yep. yep. And then later you can hide a hard drive. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. You buy them piecemeal and they come in and she doesn't know because she doesn't open the box. I think I'm good here. You trickle it in. Yeah. And talk about expanding storage. That's a problem that everybody has if they're doing cord cutting. And uh, you won't be disappointed with this. I would never heard of the brand before. Mediasonic, the ProRaid 4. Mo, I'll have you uh, throw a link down in the show notes if you would for our listeners. Hell with the show notes. I want the link right now. (laughs) All right. I'll paste it in chat. Here you go, George. <laughs> 1985. Chimpanzees and gorillas are adopted as pets. The pets evolve into slaves, beaten and tortured victims of mankind. And now, a chimpanzee rises to give the word. My people will plot for the inevitable day of man's downfall. The conquest of the planet of the apes from 20th Century Fox. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for the Generation X game segment. That's so exciting. <laughs> Look, Did you say boo? No, I went woo. Oh, he was like, woo-hoo. Like, he just can't stand it. You know, all right, you come up with something new then. Damn it, I've been doing this thing for 48 episodes. All right, fine. Mo, what the hell are you playing? <laughs> Ouch. Wow. Well, a little salty. Fine, I'll tell Goodness. you, okay? <laughs> Take that. Yeah. I was, I've been in the mood lately to kind of play like a D&D role-playing kind of thing, single player. Oh, okay. And some of those are getting hard to find because everything's just massive online crap. Oh, <laughs> and, yeah. And I'm like, look, I just want to play a game on my own. I don't want to deal with anybody else. Yeah. Like a good story mode thing or yeah, something, exactly. maybe. Yeah. And so um, I found one that's actually pretty good. It's a little bit of an older game, but they recently came out with an expansion, which is what caught my attention. And it's called Pillars of Eternity 2. Oh, okay. I've heard the name. I definitely yep. have not played it, though. So it's a single player? That's single player. You got my attention there. Okay. Yep. Yeah, single player. It's a D&D. It's like the isometric view kind of game. So you're controlling What's your party that from that. Uh, it's like everything's turned on, <laughs> it's turned on a 45 know. degree I'm angle. <laughs> Why are it's you turn- laughing at me? So you, t- you basically take like a top-down just- floor plan, okay. turn it 45 degrees, and then extend the walls up. Wow, okay. All right. I'm sorry. It just struck me funny. I wasn't laughing at you. It just struck <laughs> me funny. You were laughing at me. <laughs> okay, I was laughing at you, but it was funny. Yeah, it's, it's actually a little bit of an older style doing it that way, but it plays really well. I mean, the map is super freaking huge. There's just so many. Like, it's one of these things that there's just so many side missions, and you kind of build your characters, and there's just tons and tons of options. I'm having a blast with it. It's pretty fun. And there's a whole expansion I haven't even gotten to yet that came with it because I said I bought it with the expansion. So is it pretty much a D&D game? It's you're building a character, yep. you're, uh, you're building a party, you're leveling up. You're, is, is it turn based or is it action? Um, Actually, they have two modes where one is turn-based, so you can control, you know, round by round, or one yeah. where you're just kind of telling them what to do, and then they kind of go for it, and then you can pause to stop and change commands. Oh, that's cool. Oh. They accommodate different types of yeah. play based on what you modes. like. Okay? Yeah, exactly. Um, lots of story, very deep story behind this. The characters, like even the people in your party that you kind of generate, they have personalities, and they're interesting, and they have like their own side stories that you can help Ooh, them pursue. that's the kind of stuff I like a lot in games, is all the background mm-hmm. and the story and stuff. Yeah, there's tons of that on this. 
uh, it's one of those that you have to like a lot of reading. <laughs> so, so you have to <laughs> like okay. to read. Yeah. Well, that's how you get a lot of that story sometimes. Sure. Oh, exactly. It seems like they're definitely one of these games that is trying to accommodate the person playing it. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like the author's trying to be clever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Some of these games. Oh, right. Yeah. He's not so you full know. of himself that he's breaking the game to get his own style in there. He's, exactly. Where this he's one making is like it so it's enjoyable to, for you. Right. They're making like the different levels from easy to impossible. You know, they have all and everything in between. Is that a level? Is that what it's called? Impossible? No, I think they call it like... <laughs> okay. Uh, I call it impossible because I'm never going to play it. But they even have like a super easy, like, hey, if you just want to kind of go through a nice story, play this Got mode. It. And then here's a little challenging and stuff like that. So for a price-wise, it was on sale with the expansion. I found it on um, Is There Any Deal? And it was $29, but that's mm, with the full ooh. game with all the expansions. It sounds like a okay. lot for an old game. Yeah. Well, when I say old, it's a year. Okay. All right. That's not Still. horrible, then. And you're getting <laughs> yeah. all the expansions you said you so. get all the expansions with it i think i maybe played about five or six hours and i feel like i barely scratched like there's huge sections of this map that i haven't even explored yet and plenty more to go okay yeah so overall i, I definitely give it a pretty high rating i think it's something that should that's if you like that style of game it's definitely worth playing and it's called pillar of eternity two two yep two all right we'll throw a link down in the notes yeah what do you got for us john okay i'm just gonna go ahead and tell you to Uh-oh. get out your checkbook <laughs> oh, just shit. get out your checkbook you're going to be purchasing this game damn it i just bought a raid array thing now i gotta buy a game too yeah i know but just believe me <laughs> be prepared for me to gush about a game you've never heard of so just i'm warning you up front you never heard this of. is a game that came out in 2018 it is how you pronounce it is up to debate i'm pretty sure it's spelled g-r-i-s when gris? i first saw it i thought it was called gris yeah. yeah then i found out it was actually produced by a spanish developer called nomada and Gris is how you say the word oh, gray, gris. the color in Spanish. Ah, okay. So you think okay. it's called gray? So I'm pretty sure this is called gris. Oh, it's gris. But I'm going to call it gris for the rest of this because I can't roll my R's constantly like that <laughs> without spitting on the microphone. But we're going to talk about this game called Gris. But I don't you know browsing. I look for something to play and it's like your suggested games list. It's yeah. highly positively reviewed. And I took a look at it. I'm like, it looks interesting. It's kind of like a platformer. Okay. And so I'm like, great, let's download it and take a look. The first thing that struck me was the art style is very minimalist. It looks like a sketch, like a like a living painting, kind of like cells of an animation, right? Someone hand drew okay, it. Okay. So the introduction looks like that. Not a word is spoken, not a piece of text on the screen. Screen, and you're watching the beginning animation and then the animation paused. It, it's like, okay, it's not what's happening now. And I didn't realize the game had started. The game really? looks just like the introductory animation. It oh, continues wow. with that same powerful style. I've heard the debate of, you know, video games as art. Can video games be art? The, sure. the debate is over as far as I'm concerned. This is like playing an oil painting. This is like playing a deep heartfelt novel about grief and loss. It's just, I I don't know how to not sound hyperbolic when I describe what this game was like. And the things that it does are, are so unusual in a game. First of all, there's no death in this game. Your character does not die. You don't kill anyone. There's no point that you're aware of in the game. It doesn't tell you what to accomplish. You just start walking. And eventually you start to learn. And I learned a bit reading after the game beyond playing it is it's a very subtle, not in your face exploration of loss and dealing with grief and going through the stages of loss. Uh, it's a very kind of somber tone. And you the game starts out very gray, as I mentioned, which, you know, gris is Spanish okay. for gray. As you explore and find these little points of light in the game where you're building this constellation, colors start to come into the game based on your actions. It's got elements of braid, like that trippy kind of physics problems. Yeah, yeah. It's got elements of good platformers where as you progress, you gain new abilities you didn't have before. But all of it is so subtle and in service of a story that you're telling yourself. The game is not telling you the story. I I just, I, I, I feel like I, I hope you guys are quiet because you bought it already. Yeah, I'm, you deserve I'm watching trailer to play videos it. on YouTube Actually, on what I'm, right I'm now. doing exactly the same thing. I'm watching like a trailer yeah. video yeah. and I'm like totally engrossed in it. So to me, this has a lot of similarities to Limbo, which was a game that I was totally fascinated by it's when got it first pieces came out. of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It has the the lines and the feel of that kind of a game. Mm-hmm. The style kind of reminds me a little bit of like Alto. Yeah, a little bit of mm-hmm. Alto, like that angular. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. yeah. It's very, it's very cool looking. I mean, I'm looking at this as a 
anime influences for yeah, sure. For sure, it is just stunning. It's I wasn't gorgeous. prepared. There are many parts in it where I went, "Whoa!" Like out loud in an empty room to no one. I- I'm going to stop just gushing about this. If you enjoy any kind of game at all, or you think games can't be art, or you have a spare, like I think it's eleven bucks or something, go and get it and play it. Grease, I believe it's pronounced. Gris. So let's talk a little bit about that then. You said it was $11 or so because we got to yeah. always address the Corey system. Yeah. Do you feel like this is a game that does get that amount of play out of it or is it just worth it because of the visual artistic style of the game? Yeah, I think it was last episode when Mo said very rightly, there's more to life than the Corey system. Right, and that's why I'm asking. Like, is this, like yeah. is this a game system. that transcends the Corey I, system for metrics? I, I think or? the Corey system is a great benchmark, but I yeah. think there are multipliers that come into play when it's more than a game. And I, I want to say that I finished I finished this game, by the way. I completed it. Why? Because I could not fucking stop. It was amazing. Wow, wow. And I think I burned through it in about three and a half hours. I got through the entire story. So it's kind of like with me with Edith Finch. I mean, I just started it and I just yeah, couldn't stop yep. playing it. I was like, this it just sucked me in. Hey, John, just one more question about the game. So yes. you know, again, I was looking at the Ask visuals. Ask me anything. I love this game. Ask okay, me anything. Okay, I was looking at the visuals. The visuals are awesome. How's the sound? You can buy the soundtrack separately because it's amazing. Really? Oh. Okay. It is huge, sweeping, orchestral. It gets muted when it should. It gets bombastic when it should. Yeah, there's there, there's not a thing about this game that I didn't enjoy eventually. It, at the outset, as I said, like I, I didn't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And then as I got a little deeper into it, I'm like, thank God they didn't tell me what I was supposed to be doing. It let me discover. <laughs> it, it, it made it that much better. They knew what they were doing. Is this game better on a keyboard or on a controller? Controller. I didn't touch a keyboard. Gotcha. It's a platformer through and through. You do need yeah. to. It's You jump from place to place and there's wind and things happening and you have abilities that you gain. I see it's on the Switch, too, actually. I'm expecting that you guys... This is one... I lied when I said I was going to buy you Mortal Kombat. If you think you don't want to spend the money on this, George, Mo, I would buy this for you because I want friends to experience this game. Oh, well, that's it then. Yes. (laughs) Don't shenanigan me. Don't shenanigan me. I'm not going to spend money on this game. (laughs) So if you wish me to play it, John... You stuck your foot in it right there because I'm still waiting for my Mortal Kombat game. But I have faith in your commitment to great gaming that you'll want to buy this for yourself. I probably will. Damn it. Actually, I already got the screen up, so as soon as the show's over, I'm probably going to Yeah, click purchase. Are you ready for a comic book podcast that breaks the mold? Look no further than Drawn and Panel. Drawn and Panel. Drawn and Panel. I'm George. I'm a Gen Xer who rediscovered his childhood passion for comics and decided to turn it into a podcast. I'm Jason. I've been a comics fan my whole life and even worked with companies in the industry, so I've got my finger on the pulse of the comic book world. And I'm John. I don't know Stan Lee from Stan Laurel, but I know what I like. As a true comic book outsider, I ask the dumb questions that to keep Jason and George on their toes. Together, Jason, John, and I dive into books from the golden age to the modern age with a particular focus on the indie comics. Get your news, reviews, interviews, insight, and commentary from all corners of the comic book world here on Drawn and Paneled. Find us anywhere you listen to podcasts or over on our website at drawnandpaneled.com. Before we duck out of this episode, you know, we always like to uh, explore what it is we're looking forward to between this episode mm, and the next time we on. get together. Man, there's an embarrassment of yeah. riches. There's so much coming out. <laughs> Summer season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. So, George, let's start with you. What are you looking forward to? Well, I'm looking forward to another comic book movie. Big surprise. Woo-hoo. No shocker there. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Dark Phoenix releases June 6th, and it's going to probably be the final film in the Marvel-Sony franchise stuff now that Marvel is owned by Disney and they've taken everything over. Uh, we ex- also expect a lot of the characters have, are moving over through the new contract that got done and stuff, so like your Deadpools and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
but this one does look good. John, you and I and Jason talked about this one recently on Drawn and Paneled. We sure did. Because yep. that character has probably one of the larger and more wandering storylines throughout Marvel's cinematic universe. There's a, yeah. a rich backstory. Yeah. And, uh, and I think, at least from the trailers, this film looks to try and pull a lot of elements from the original Dark Phoenix saga that we read and put them on screen and still marry them to what they've already done in the film. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, right. I'm definitely going to go see it, but I'm a little I'm a little worried because this movie could go really wrong. But that's okay <laughs> because it's a Sony Marvel film, so you already don't expect too much. That's a good point. <laughs> the bar's low. Right. <laughs> what about you, Mo? I'm looking forward to the series that's coming on Amazon Prime. It's called uh, Good Omens. And again, this is like me getting to my book geeky side, but Terry Pratchett, if you read fantasy, they know who that is neil gaiman who oh, I'm sure yeah. you guys yep. probably heard yeah, of yeah, yeah. it's a uh, sandman right they, they yeah. co-wrote a book called good omens so this has got to be about 10 12 neil years gaiman's ago neil the this. guy behind american gods and a whole yep. bunch of other uh, big sandman properties and all those stuff yeah mm-hmm. basically this is like a very tongue-in-cheek kind of humorous look at armageddon <laughs> quite honestly <laughs> <laughs> nothing's funnier than armageddon <laughs> and they make it hilarious so david Tennant. there's basically the two main characters are an angel and a demon that have been oh, here since Eden. I've seen a lot of trailers on that where oh, he's yeah. talking about get thou behind me. Oh no, you can go forward. Yeah. Like he's <laughs> left in the door. Yeah. yeah, he's like, after you. One's an angel, one's a demon. They were there at the beginning. Like the demon was the actual serpent. Oh, all right. In the garden. It, 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 the funny part, he's like, you gotta wonder though, why would you give somebody paradise, put a big tree in the middle of fruit and tell them not to eat it? <laughs> <laughs> he says, it sounds a little set up. You know, I don't know. You know? <laughs> That's kind of like the whole attitude. It's just, and they, basically these demons go through time and and after a while they're sitting there they're talking and they're like what are you going to be doing in Babylon you know he's like oh I'm doing blah 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 well I'm doing this he says so basically we're canceling each other out so <laughs> okay. why don't we get lunch <laughs> you know <laughs> well, when does this come out actually it's it's out right now uh, May 31st oh. it's six, so you're it's just six looking episodes. forward to watching it not for it to come out yeah, so you'll exactly. be able to watch he's it actually the timing on this one because of when we record I was like eh, I don't know if it's going to be good for the last one if they dropped all six episodes like they do and I guarantee you that this is a binge watch thing for me. And Neil Gaiman was part of the production of this. So the creator is involved. It's, yeah, the creator it should be involved. true to the source material. Exactly. And so fingers crossed that they don't ruin an amazing book. I'm definitely looking forward to it. So oh, there we go. So how about you, John? <laughs> well, uh, another movie I'm looking forward to. And uh, it's it's the era of sequels, of course. Yeah, and there's yeah. a lot of good sequels coming up in June. Uh, but the one that's coming up between now and the next time we talk, June 14th, is Men in Black International. I really oh. look Oh, right. this one. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this one too. I remember at one point there was rumors of a crossover between Men in Black and 21 Jump Street. What? what? Yeah, that was a thing for a while that got like pale green lit and then thrown away. <laughs> oh, are going to ruin Men in Black. It, right? <laughs> Fortunately, now they turned that around. That didn't happen. And now this Men in Black International looks like a return to what I really enjoy about Men in yeah. Black. It takes a lot of the same story. It takes it over to Europe. So it's hap- t- taking place in London. And everything about the trailer. It's got actors in it that I like. Yeah, I it's can't wait for Thor this one. and Valkyrie in it. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, two yep. Avengers alumni. <laughs> it, this is kind of like hold the M. Night Shyamalan thing with me. Like, I will watch all the Men in Black movies. Absolutely. Yeah, there's no regardless. doubt. And so, I mean, and they haven't really disappointed. I mean, some have been better than others, but generally I've liked them all. But this one is the first one in a while that I'm actually getting a little more excited about. Was the other ones I was like, I okay, feel like it's I'll been a little while too. It's been a little while and we're ready to kind of get back into it. And I think they're getting like doing like a little kind of soft reboot of it because they're not really getting rid of the old one, but they're just kind of introducing new characters. So I'm definitely looking forward to this one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing if there's any cameos. We already know the little roach lizard guys are going to be in it, but Mm -hmm. I'm waiting to see if there's going to be other cameos because, I mean, if Will Smith or Tommy Lee Jones were to pop into a scene or something, you know the audience is going to lose their shit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. This is a really neat way, I think, to do a a series of films or cinematic universe is that they're all standalone stories and then you get little callbacks of things that you know and it fleshes it out but each story has its own new and unique stuff and like you said Mo introducing new characters and seeing a whole different branch of MIB which is what I think makes it something to look forward to worthy oh yeah yeah. when you're close to people you need clear red close up toothpaste with two whiteners and a mouthwash close up gives you fresh breath makes your teeth their whitest white in regular or mint flavor close up toothpaste for the close up smile don't cut them there smile for me 
If there was anything in this show you'd like to learn more about, the show notes which accompany each episode are full of links to click and explore. Catch up on past episodes and get pinged every time a new one's released by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And you know, iTunes reviews help more than you know, so if you haven't yet, please rate and review us in the iTunes app. And if you have a friend who isn't yet listening, why not? Tell them about us, they'll thank you later. You're our fourth listener, and we'd love to read your emails right here on the show, so hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. And finally, Gen X Grown Up is more than just this podcast. Our YouTube channel has hundreds of videos ready for you to enjoy. Plus, you can find our entire body of work on genxgrownup.com. That is going to just about wrap it up for another edition of the Gen X Grown Up podcast. Before we leave, I want to give my heartfelt thanks to all of the folks who support us over on Patreon. And you know I'm talking about you, Slow-Mo, and Corey, and T2, and Dana and Agile and Marcus and Stabaka and Will and Thomas and Jessica and Stian. These are all folks that support us financially with just Thank a you. couple of bucks a month. <laughs> wow. Appreciate it. And it's more than the money that they send us. It's the fact that these people believe in what we're doing and they're willing to put their money where their mouth is. Oh, no, 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 no. What? No, no. It's just the no, money. What? It's just the money. For George, it's just the money. Yeah. <laughs> that's George. I was shocked that anybody is giving us money to do this. I mean, that's amazing because we'd be doing this anyway. <laughs> I'm know? not shocked, but I'm absolutely humbled and appreciative. You know, if you head over to patreon.com slash Gen X Grown Up. You can join this alumni of amazing human beings. There's a lot of great perks to be had at certain levels. We have gifts that we send out. There's bonus content, outtakes from these episodes we record. All that can be available to you. So head on over. We hope you will take an opportunity to join us if you are so inclined. Hey, they can get on the ground floor. We will be back in two weeks with a regular episode. But next week, with our backtrack edition where we pick a single nostalgic topic and dig in deep. George, tell the fine fourth listeners what we're going to be talking about next week. Oh, you know, Green. Grease is the word, right? It is. I thought the bird was the word, but Grease also. Yes. Grease is the word. No, we're going to be talking about movie musicals of Generation X. And just to preface this, we have had the hardest time figuring out what that definition is. How does so that fit? it's bound exactly. to be a really interesting precisely. episode. Yeah, because, you know, we've looked at a lot of different lists to kind of get our minds in the right frame of reference. And, yep. you know, we know certain ones that we all know, like Grease. We all love that. But, yep. man, these lists include some things that I didn't think were musicals but we're going to talk about it. Yep, we're going <laughs> to dig in. That'll be next week. Until then, I am John. George, thanks for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, you know I appreciate you. Oh, man, always fun. But fourth listener, you know we appreciate you most of all, and we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. No life, no fun. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? No games, no puns. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. We're also an affiliate of the Geeks Worldwide Radio Network. You can check them out at the GWW.com. One of the cool things about ping. <clears throat> one of the cool things about ping. Damn it, talking. Let me get a drink. My mouth is dry from nothing in particular. One of the cool parts about being part of this evergreen family. God damn it. Okay. One of the really cool parts about being part part of the damn it. What was I trying to say? Another cool <laughs> cool thing about. Okay, got it. One of the cool things about being part of this evergreen podcast family is it's exposed me to some wow. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Hey, Mo. Yeah. Why don't you and I just go watch a movie? We'll come back so, when right? like, shit yeah. together. This could take I'll, a while. I'll text you when I can talk again. <laughs> oh. It's like he's fucking loading Mortal Kombat this, on an Amiga 500 well. yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah, Okay, I got this. I got this. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> I'm going to use this somehow during this show. I think oh so. Oh, my yeah. God. Okay, yeah. game time. <clears throat> Sorry, I was trying to decide if I want to eat more bacon or not. All right. <laughs> The answer is yes. <laughs> it always is. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.